Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio and on sbnationradio.com, where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Now we have busy second hour. Enos Cantor wants to wrestle. We already brought up the Joe Buck theory that looks to be more and more true with fake noise. Now, we have fake news at 1225, fake noise, I guess, before that. As Joe Buck says, TV networks, including Fox, pretty much a done deal. They'll pump in fake crowd noise for the broadcast. And Buck predicts networks will use CGI fans, which is just ridiculous. Turning into a video game where you're going to have, I don't know if you've noticed this, or how often you look into the crowd, but despite the evolution of video game systems and games, sports games themselves, the crowd hasn't truly evolved. Now it has a little bit, but it hasn't truly evolved. You still have a lot of copy and pasting, and you still have a lot of scenarios where you're watching in the stands, especially like baseball games. The show is a great one. And it used to be every second or third fan was doing the same thing you were doing or the fan that you were watching is doing. So that fan stands up, claps, let's go, maybe puts their arm up like the old Arsenio Hall, go, go, and then sits down. Three fans down, that fan's doing the same thing. Now they've extended it. And I guess the small evolution in CGI fans and sports games has gone from, well, every third fan would do the same thing, and now it's like every eighth or ninth fan would do the same thing. And you have in that range different fans doing a couple of different things. But when you zoom out, you have rows upon rows of fans doing the same thing, and it just looks awkward. How are they going to do this to where you're not catching it and it looks awkward. It's already going to come off as fake because we know it's fake. You know what? Why don't you just broadcast the damn game? How hard is that? How difficult is that? As far as the fake crowd and the noise is concerned, I do wonder if they're going to get the accents and the trash talk right. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. People are going to look at what Blake Snell said and try and use this as some sort of determining factor, maybe just a barometer for football coming back. And we might even have to replay the Fauci cut in the first hour, this hour, just so you can be reminded, and maybe we'll do that with John McMullen, that even Fauci said at the top, if things were to start now, like if September were right now, then you couldn't have football, you couldn't have anything. We can't have any sport active outside of the individual ones right now. 
And even then, baseball is trying their damnedest to get things back, but it's going to be a long process for them just to agree on something. Long could be the next week or two. And then you see a month of spring training, too, as they call it, just to get back in a stretch at the start of July. And that is moving as fast as baseball can possibly move at any rate available to them. Blake Snell came out and said he won't play this season for a reduced salary, especially because the risk of contracting COVID-19 is, quote, just not worth it. So people are now criticizing Snell for two reasons. First, because on March 12th, He's like, oh, I don't care if I get it, I get it. It's, it's no big deal. But the bigger issue being brought about now in the comments as well as the conversation is, well, he can play for a certain amount, but he won't play for a lesser amount. Why is there really a health concern? And that's what people are trying to punch holes in the statement is that, well, Blake Snell can play for, uh, arbitrary, I'm just throwing a number out here, $7 million, but he won't play for $1.5 million. He's thinking, well, there's a middle ground, maybe I'll play for five. And people are upset that he's essentially putting a number on his health and safety. The comment is he won't play for a reduced salary, especially because the risk of contracting COVID-19 is, quote, just not worth it. So there has been a discussion already from players, their reps, their agents. There's already been multiple discussions about how safe this whole thing is going to be. That's why Major League Baseball, the owners, that side of it, is working on this 80-page book, this pamphlet, to ensure players it's all safe, it's all good. You won't have to worry about contracting anything, bringing anything home. It's just a fine, safe environment that we've created. If they go to Arizona, if they go to Florida or anywhere else, I mean, those two states would be more than willing to take them on and welcome them with open arms, the entire sport, it seems like. If that's the case, then Snell, like others, are going to make sure that if they're taking a risk, There's a money dollar amount that they feel comfortable with. And yes, they're putting, if you want to put it this way, they're labeling or they're marking their own safety and I guess their extended family safeties with numbers, with dollar bills, with some sort of value. And maybe that upsets people, but I don't know what you would do in a situation where you're negotiating the difference of somewhere between five, six, seven, maybe even more million dollars. And while you and I are struggling right now thinking, all right, well, is this going to maintain? Is this going to continue? Is the rate of increased unemployment going to bite you or I or any one of our friends or family any more than it already has? And you look at somebody who's making millions of dollars and you think, well, you can survive. Come on, you, you can hold off. Being in that position, not knowing the finances and the situ- the ins and outs of income and expendables and just what you're putting money out on, beyond just the basics of not having the finances available to you for Blake Snell, there is 
this, I, I don't know what you would even label it as or what you would call it as in human nature, but believing that if you were in Snell's position, you would do the exact opposite. And basically being upset, and I think this is what it stems from, fans are upset that they're not going to get sports back or baseball back anytime soon based on some of these comments. So it's easier to blame Blake Snell. It's easier to blame Mike Trout. It's easier to blame a player than it is an owner who you might not even hear from. I guess we have to credit Tepper from even coming out and talking about how realistic in his brain it is that fans could be in stands, especially watching his Panthers play in the fall. But the majority of this is not really done openly. And it's not done where an owner, a Major League Baseball owner, walks in front of an open mic, grabs or sits down on ESPN or sits down on CNBC or wherever and starts talking about the grand economic impact of missing time and why the players, or sort of like pressuring them, why the players need to sign this deal. You don't have a Jerry Jones that you can point to, or a Robert Kraft, somebody who is beyond visible. It doesn't mean that you won't hear from any owner at all. It just means that in this case, where fans are frustrated, and think of it, it's ridiculous. You're being asked on social media and I'm sure other platforms to pick a side, you have to pick a side. Whose side are you on, the players or the owners? And I don't know, maybe that drives calls for hours or whatever the ability is for you to put that out there in your brain, in your mind, and get some sort of functional response that it's going to change anything. People are now forced to change or to choose a side and go player or owner, player or owner. Both have a significant amount, tremendous amount to lose. I mean, it's ridiculous when you start to lay out if it's a player who is making $5 million that has to take a reduced salary or if it's an owner who's relying heavily on the gate and TV deals and a wide variety of ways to make money, losing out. Every single person involved in this is playing for major stakes. Both the players and the owners involved know it, where you might have a short-term leverage play. You might have something you could use as far as leverage to maybe force the other side's hand, but in a day or two, that thing's going to dry up. And then you're back to square one, and you're back to looking at, all right, well, they called your bluff. Now what? Well, now we just sit and wait. And we try to figure out ways in which we can make this a PR battle, not a battle between two sides. And the PR battle, I don't think, is winning on either side, to be honest. Because if you do find people who are partaking in that argument of, well, who do you have, the players or the owners? You still have people, I don't know, split 50-50, 60-40, what have you. But there are plenty of people that will say, all right, players, shut up. Like in the response to the Sports Center tweet that quotes Blake Snell, shut up, Blake, go out there and play. Come on, you're making millions of dollars. What is this? You're going to label and place a value on you and your pa- healthy, uh, you and your, pardon me, family's health, but you can't play for a lesser amount. Like, where do you draw the line? Three million isn't enough, but five million is. And then on the other side, you have people angry at the owners. You make way too much money. You're pocketing way too much off of this. There's no way 
that you yourself, as an owner, uh, one of 30 in Major League Baseball, can look at this thing and say at all that, that there is a way to convince somebody going through unemployment or somebody going through uh, a health issue, somebody going through it right now in the pandemic, for you to buddy-buddy up and relate. It's going to be very difficult for you in that same breath as the Musks and the Jacks and the Cubans of the world to just sit up and buddy. See, I got you. You and me. Yeah, you're going through unemployment, and who knows if you'll even get your job furloughed. No, no, you've been fired, none of that. You may not get your job back. Somebody in your family's sick. I'm sorry, no insurance. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm your friend. Don't worry, these these players, they're the ones. They're the ones that are causing the big issue. At Shander Show, say get me on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Shander Show as well. It is a constant discussion that happens anytime a work stoppage or a strike pops up where there is this need to have some sort of dividing line. Who you got? Players or owners? Like, Talking through that specific conversation is going to get you any more closure at the end of that than you've had at the beginning. And a sneak peek here, spoiler alert, it's not. It's just a way to get through a show, and I don't understand why we continue to try and figure out a complex situation like why players may be striking or why owners are locking their players out of the building as opposed to just making it some surface political type concept. Well, oh, okay, it's, it's about abortion. Oh, okay, it's about schools. Or, oh, okay, it's about something like a one-word term that then you can feel comfortable understanding and moving on, and there you don't have to go back to it. Because you've grasped it already. You've got already. It's one term, and that's it. All you need to know, it's one word to describe it. Players versus owners. It's not as simple as that. And while players will hide behind the safety issue, the owners will use the safety issue as means to sway opinion, public opinion, in their favor. And meanwhile, everybody is just bitching and moaning about the same thing. Money. Imagine that. Fake news next on the second level. So, can I ask you a question? Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. All right. Hey, Tom, you're up again. You ready? I am ready. Yeah, you've been doing all right the last couple of days, except yesterday you didn't get it. No, but I think the reducing of one story has helped me out. Reducing of one story? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's true, because now you have like a 30% chance. Exactly right. Yeah. I need all the help I can get. Yep. All right, for story number one and fake news, uh, shortened L- MLB season could make Prince Fielder the highest paid baseball player in 2020, despite not having played in a couple of years. So this is like... What would have happened in like two or three years after Bobby Bonilla left the Mets, right? If the pandemic hit back then, because yes. so many people were getting prorated deals. Well, no, he's he's not getting a prorated deal. No, I'm saying as, as far as now, everybody's getting a prorated deal. So Fielder's money is paid in full, regardless of how many games are played, so long as the season is played. I imagine, right? Right. That's guaranteed money that they paid to get rid of him. Well, no, they, they didn't pay to get rid of him. He had to he had to retire. 
due to injury. Yes, but they didn't have to, didn't have to pay out. They have to pay out his contract. Injury he's on right. the final year of his contract. That's what I mean. Like to get rid of him. Not yeah, they didn't cut him. Is what I meant. But to yeah. get rid of him, as far as like he that money couldn't come off the books. They had to pay him they that had, money. Yeah, exactly. Now it's not salary cap money in, in the sense, but because he's not an active player. But it's not like they got out of it. They had to pay out an injury settlement, which is fully guaranteed, to my understanding. Right. So what's that average out to? Uh, about twenty four million. Twenty four million. You'd have to be making upwards to fifty million dollars in order to make more than Prince Fielder this year. Now that story should be easily vettable if I had known exactly what the highest salary is for baseball. I want to say it's tra- all right. Well, let me think about that. That's a good one to start with, though. <laughs> Especially because it's believable in the sense that we know that Fielder is out. We know that that part of it is real. I just don't know how much the most, the, the highest salary is in baseball right now. And we don't cheat on this show. That's why we're on the stream, twitch.tv slash Shannon Show. You can see my hands moving around. I'm not typing anything. Man, but that would be the only hang-up, right? Yeah. Unless you're lying about how much Prince makes. Okay. Unless I'm lying that his contract already ended. That's true, too. Could be a bunch of things you're lying about. All right, let's bunch hit story two. Story number two, three-star Michelin restaurant will fill dining room with 1940s-style mannequins and instruct waiters to pour them wine and talk to them as if they are real. Are they tipping? Because as a waiter, you probably don't make much. Don't you live off of tips? You do. Well, the, right. tip, the tip is your fun money. The, your paycheck. I mean, I was a bartender through college, so I'm very familiar with this practice. My the paycheck waiters. my paycheck went directly to bills and rent and all that fun stuff. The tip went straight into my pocket, and that's what I survived off of. But waitresses and waiters usually make more less, pardon me, per hour than a bartender would. Yes. But so you're, they also you're making make, enough. They also make more in tips. Correct. They make more the in tips, which is my point here. If you have mannequins, uh, if you're going to debase and devalue yourself as a human being and talk to a mannequin because you're pour the wine and pour the wine, don't you think you should get a tip from it? Like the owner or whoever runs this restaurant should be leaving cash tips on the table for anybody. What's the point of all this? That's, you know, hey, that's what this guy, this uh, owner of the three star Michelin restaurant wants. Man, this is crazy. We've gone from CGI in the crowd to mannequins in a restaurant. Yeah, at least but he's going he's off paying authentic, these, Well, 1940-style mannequin, does it really matter? If it's all full of mannequins, does it really matter what year the mannequin is? Apparently it does to him because uh, he's got a classier joint. So he doesn't want, you know, punk rock mannequins in there. He wants dolled up, fancy... Great Gatsby looking mannequins, but the thing is still off, is it not? I mean, oh, you can't off. go in. You can't, as a patron, go in and order anything, right? Well, this is. I mean, if you're wanting to go to a restaurant, some restaurants have opened across the country. Well, and has they, this and one? They, and they're forced to. Yes, this one is. Yeah, this one's open. Oh, okay. So I missed that whole part. About yeah, it. no, it's it, a restaurant that's open, and they're trying to make it seem less empty. Right. By having the mannequins in there. Right. 
I think it's over the top, and somebody and, really. and they're expecting the uh, the waiters to uh, pour wine and talk to them as if they were. As, you know, just like as if they were regular customers. So the other people who are actually eating there, I guess, don't feel so alone. I don't where know. Where is this? Do we know? Uh, this will be at a, uh, I don't know where Raffinock County is. Little okay. Washington. The inn at Little Washington. Washington State? I don't know. I guarantee, three stars or not, I guarantee you I can find a place. As soon as we figure out if this is real or fake, and if it's real, then I guarantee you we'll go on the map. And I'll find you a place that's at least as good as that restaurant where you don't have to go in and feel like an idiot. I mean, ultimately, that's what's happening here is you as a patron, you're going. I bet you they make something really good, like their mushroom pizza is amazing or something like that on the menu is outstanding. So that's why somebody would justify going there. But I feel like like who's who looks more foolish is it the person sitting next to the mannequin, the table next to the mannequin? That's not the line, Aton. The line is who looks more foolish, the fool or the fool that follows him? Well, who's the fool that follows him in this case? Because I think there are two examples. It's the waiter, waitress, or it's the person sitting down and eating. I'm waiting for your twi- Twitch stream to light your board up. There's got to be a Star Wars fan out there somewhere. There might be. I don't know. We'll see. All right, All right, story number story. three. With both of us, ah, let me try that again. With most of us being in quarantine now for the past two months, many across the country have turned to decorating their house for the holidays to get a jump start on their Christmas cards. How is this happening? Where it's it's May, right? Right. So this is bored people, and that's that's the <laughs> they're, way they're to figuring kill like, now. They're, they're, well, listen, in my household, we. Like I, I, I think I don't know if I told you, but we had moved last October. But my sons are so heavily in sports that we never were able to fully move in. Okay. So we use this time. We've been using this time to finally to finish moving into our house to get rid of boxes in our house, except for the box fort that we have in our upstairs bonus room because the kids well, wanted a castle. Sure, and you're I no can't. animal. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, yeah. I, you, you let them I, have I, some fun. I've been in there myself. It's right. pretty cool. I'm sure. Um, so, but we are finally moving in and, you know, also, you know, slowly picking out like little furniture and things because we moved into a larger house. We don't have enough room for everything. So that's been consuming us during this time. After this weekend, we're done. So I could see where boredom will set in because we're meant to just stay at home and there's no place for us to go except to a grocery store. There's probably going to be ideas of saying, "Hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's decorate the house for Halloween real quick and take uh, some Halloween photos that we can send out, or Christmas photos that we can send out, or you know, let's make a calendar." I don't know, but I can. Well, aren't you skipping steps? Probably. Shouldn't but, you go like July Fourth before you go Christmas? Sure, sure. But how often do you give out a Fourth of July card? Give out Christmas cards. No, see, this is what I think. I, I think we need to make it either a. What do they say? Christmas. You either need a Christmas in July or we need to create a new holiday, which is some sort of gift giving, card giving holiday in like May or June that will suffice and and basically fill this void that you and others have. Quarantine day. Perfect. Quarantine day. Where you give a card and a gift 
to it's somebody now, else. Yeah, absolutely. That, it could be somebody in your house, and you choose one person. All right? We're in the quarantine. People have lost their jobs. We're not asking you to spend a ton of money. Right. It's accepted and understood that you're going to get a small gift. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Now, that's not stopping people from decorating their houses for Christmas. No, and actually somebody (laughs) did on my block, so that's why it's believable. (laughs) I'm going to say story number two is fake. Okay. Let's see. You want to wait to see what John McMullen has to say? Always. He seems to like this. He does. He hasn't said anything about, like, stop doing it. Yep. All right. We'll torture John McMullen coming up next here on the second level. the root of the issues. It's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. On each and every Tuesday, Thursday at this time, we bring in John McMullen at JF McMullen, our NFL insider. You can hear him here. You can hear him in the evening with Tony, Sirius, Terrestrial, Philly, and beyond. Definitely want to play you this cut from Dr. Fauci yesterday with Peter King and get some reaction. But before that, as it's become a staple now, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we end the previous segment with my guess on what the fake story is. We'll recap them quickly for you. Ron does a much better job of recapping the stories than I do. And John will get your choice on what today's fake news story of the day is. So, Ron, if you can, please... Recap the three, and I chose the second one, just as a heads up. Uh, story number one is that with a shortened MLB season, Prince Fielder will be the highest paid player in 2020, despite being retired or not having played in a couple of years. Story number two, a three-star Michelin restaurant will fill dining rooms with 1940s-style mannequins and instruct waiters to pour them wine and talk to them as if they are real. Story number three is with most of uh, America being under quarantine, people have taken uh, to decorating their houses for the holidays to get a jump start on their Christmas cards. Your turn, Jeff. Well, I've heard the mannequin story. I I thought it was Hollywood, so I can believe the mannequin story. Well, that's the second one, right? So that means I'm out. Yeah, I, so I've heard that. Uh, Prince Fielder, I'm surprised it wasn't uh, Barry Bonilla. Uh, he's still getting paid, isn't he? Yeah, Bobby, uh, so until me, July 1st. It, to me, it's between one and three, which is fake. I, 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 I think I buy the Prince Fielder thing, so I'm going number three. All right. John would be right. Wow. All right. Well, that's just because you had inside information on that second story. I will say this as a caveat. I am am certain that there are people who have decorated their houses for Christmas already. I just don't have any factual evidence. Well, I do. Do I need to take a picture? But did they do it for a Christmas card? I don't know if they did it for a Christmas card, but this is where I get my... I always get nailed, McMullen, on the semantics here. The game of semantics that Ron Culver plays. I, I was thinking to myself, I'm sure somebody didn't take their decorations down. So in theory, you could spin it. I hope it. they took them you down. Got those people, you, know, they, you got those people that leave them up all year round. That's just, true. Just because they're lazy. 
but I, I knew the ma- see, I was thinking about the mannequin story. I knew that there was a Hollywood restaurant that was going to put them in the mannequins for social distancing purposes, but to actually tell the waiters, see, I was wondering yeah, that is, as well. The mannequin story, that restaurant is in uh, Virginia. The inn at something, yeah. I can't remember what the inn is called, but there will be regular patrons in there, but to make the restaurant look full and I guess to make the customers feel more welcomed, there will be mannequins there and their waiters are instructed to teach them or treat them as See, that customers. was the part I was concerned with, the waiters being <laughs> instructed to talk to the mannequins. Yeah, very I was I was weighing that. No place is good enough. were going to be there. That's and, what I mean, though. There's and, no restaurant that's good enough to justify sitting down next to a table of mannequins. And, Aton, you had asked this <laughs> earlier. Um, Prince Fielder will be making roughly $24 million this year, uh, regardless of you know if there's a season or not. Mike Trout is the highest-paid player. Uh, he is set to make a <laughs> little over $37.5 million this season. But if the season is shortened, or you know, he'll have a prorated uh, amount of about nineteen million. So that makes Prince Fielder the highest paid player this year. Right. Prince Fielder, yeah. And I think I said Barry, but now I got to correct myself. It's well, Bobby. We, Bobby we, we, that we bothers did, yeah. me. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, everyone Stuff knows like the Benia factor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start now that you got it right, and I think you're two for two this week. Let's no, start. Now one for two. I got it wrong earlier this. Oh, week. did you? But I'll take five hundred. That's, That's Hall fine. of Fame. That is Hall of Fame. Not on this show, but in the baseball. <laughs> yes. Let's start if we can, Ron. Listen to the Doctor Fauci cut from Peter. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Let's do the other cut. I, I want to get your response, John, to the belief. And we only have what we have in front of us, which is David Tepper, the Panthers owner, and I'm sure other owners, even if it's outside of the NFL, believe this. But I want you actually to hear the David Tepper cut that we played earlier in the show, the previous hour, who has a general belief that not only will football be on schedule, but fans will be in the seats, and that's actually not that big of a stretch. You know, so, you know, it's practical. I mean, people have to, again, it's analysis and what makes sense and not get, you know, uh, if, if that's what it is, if you think that you can be closer. And if you have, have everybody wear a mask in a stadium, well, maybe it can be, you know, a little bit closer than that. Maybe it can be three feet away if you have masks or three and a half feet away or whatever the number is with masks. Um, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen some of the simula- simulations with masks or no masks and how people can be. So, you know, and everybody in the airplane is, uh, as I would say, you know, they're not three, four feet away on an airplane so listen it's a question of what's practical what makes sense you know some sort of distancing wear a test da 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 you can't really yada 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 through the end of it but <laughs> I, just, I am curious yeah, you know it's interesting I, I you know one of the things roger goodell when he sent out that memo to the 32 teams about getting plans together to reopen the facilities around the country he, he instructed everyone to not engage in hypotheticals. Obviously, everyone doesn't listen. Uh, but, you know, for as much criticism as he gets, I think that was a prudent path forward. Because, look, hypotheticals, you, you can frame a narrative by the way you ask a question. I, I mean, that's just the way it is. And uh, I've talked about a lot. You know, the one thing that David said there that uh, – was was prudent was practicality that's what it's about 
it's not going to be perfect. You, you've heard people talk about, well, we can't play until there's a cure. I mean, it, do you know anything about viruses? We ain't curing this thing. So are you going to shut down forever? Uh, it's about pragmatism and practicality. And until you get to that point, I think it's pretty evident. It's pretty clear we're going to have an NFL season. I think that's fair to say. I don't know what it's going to look like as far as fans, even as far as venues, because we live in the United States of America, and there is a political part to this. And there are red states and blue states, and they do differ. But you're going to be able to play somewhere. Certain teams might might not be able to play in their home stadiums, I can't imagine there being 70,000 fans in stadiums, but something is going to happen, and, and that's the foundation I think everybody needs to build off of and just do it as best as you can. That's the only option. Do you think the NFL, and I know that it might require looking at it on a case-by-case basis of if teams are allowed to play in their home stadiums, or if, in fact, the California teams need to play in Vegas and a couple of teams need to play in Florida. But do you think, even if that's the case, John, the NFL would or maybe even should come out with some sort of mandate at the start of the season and say, look, we're just going to have to bite the bullet on this, no fans until the playoffs? Yeah, I I think it's a possibility uh, of no fans. I I do think... That could happen. You know, Joe, Joe Buck talked about piping fan noise in, having a virtual fan environment on television. The networks are starting to talk about that. Uh, so I do think there's contingencies in place that you're understanding in certain hotspot cities, so to speak, if you're even allowed to play, they're not going to allow large gatherings of fans. So I, I think that's all you know, factored into it. Uh, I think from the NFL's perspective, they are taking the wait-and-see approach from the league's perspective behind the scenes. I mean, they've already wiped out the offseason. Everybody knows there's not going to be any mini camps. They keep extending this uh, virtual offseason another couple weeks here, another couple weeks there. But the goal is to get training camp up and running as close to normal as possible and I think it's a wait-and-see approach until you get closer to August, to be honest. Yeah, and I don't think that it would be terrible, per se, if there was one universal statement that came down from Goodell or the leagues. And, and just even if we got to a point where in October or November, halfway through the regular season, let's say, there is something in our society and in the medical community that comes out doesn't even need to be a vaccine so much as just we become more and more comfortable going out to public areas. I don't know if the NFL would serve its best interest to just say, all right, let's open up the doors. I do think people would like to be at games, but I don't know how much they would truly lose if they made the decision before the season, they stuck with that decision, and they at least prepared for that decision earlier on. Well, they're preparing. I, I mean, and that was the one thing where they got a lot of criticism, which I didn't necessarily understand when they were talking about uh, putting out the schedule, when they're talking about even back to the draft and going forward with the draft. And, and they got a lot of criticism as how can you do this? How can you be so tone deaf? And pretending 
like there was going to be a typical NFL season. That has always been the mentality of the league is, look, we're going we're gonna to forge ahead because they had the luxury, unlike the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, of being in their offseason. So there weren't games to be played right around the corner. So they didn't have to do these things. Uh, and they forged ahead. And, and as I said, they generally publicly don't talk about hypotheticals. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a good thing. However, behind the scenes, they're planning all of these contingencies, fans, no fans, different venues, different states for different teams. They understand the political landscape. They understand California versus Texas versus Florida. All these things are being discussed behind the scenes, but it does no good to have one person, one team, one owner, one television analyst run in a different direction with a hypothetical and, and say, you know, look at Brian Dawkins locally here in Philadelphia. He said he wouldn't be comfortable playing without a cure. Well, if this happened in the middle of Brian Dawkins' career, his career would have been over. Because you would have never played again. Now, if you frame that same question to him, who probably doesn't understand, it's really, really difficult to find a cure for a virus. Can you can you name me one? It's not going to happen. The hope is a vaccine, certainly, right. and, and, and even, even that's like going to likely take many months, yeah. possibly years. You'll probably get it yearly too. Yeah. So if you frame that question that way to Brian Dawkins, guess what? You're going to get a completely different answer. I guarantee it. Awesome, John. Appreciate it, man. We'll chat Tuesday. I'll have uh, another bout of fake news stories from Ron for you and something local I'm sure we'll bring up as well with our Eagles. Thanks as always, brother. All right. Thanks, Aton. You got it. At J.F. McMullen on Twitter, our NFL insider on the Progressive Guest Live. We'll wrap the hour next year on the second level. You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. Before Ron gives us our fake news spillover story of the day, uh, just a quick question. What's worse? Would you rather be a roller derby participant thrown to the ground after being elbowed by 67-year-old Grandma Pam Tootie. So, you know, 35, 36, good shape, you're a competitive athlete, and you get thrown to the ground by a 67-year-old Grandma, roller derby queen as she's known, or up to the tee box, put a ball 240, and watch some jack with a putter stretch that ball off the tee 260. Like what? We, I don't know what's more humiliating at this point: getting elbowed and knocked to the ground by a sixty-seven-year-old roller derby queen, or outdriven by a putter. Take your pick. Pick your poison. All right, Ryan, you got something for us? Yeah, I need you to check. Uh, I just sent you a text so you can see oh, the video. Okay. Is, it's is there it's a video. visual of this? It's video of a. Uh, oh yes, I, I have seen this. You have seen this of the corpse waving. 
Now, so I'm glad I didn't include it since you know that the story would be true because a lot of times you say, hey, a corpse waving would be false or the zombie apocalypse is upon us. Absolutely. We wouldn't count out either one. But that's true. Now, the but, corpse wasn't really animated. No, the corpse isn't animated. Like, apparently, it's rigor mortis after yep. uh, people took a closer look at photo. My bigger question with this, and you probably don't have an answer for it either, why is there a window in that coffin? That's a great question. And I'm sure it's for the people on the outside. Yeah, but I mean, right? that's what a wake is. You know, you have a traditional wake. You look at the body. I mean, I've, maybe it's a drive by wake. You know, it's maybe a, it's, it's one of these but, things where you, you, know, but it's you better get a glimpse now. You blink and you miss it. It's underground. You're not going to see it. Is it to brush away the dirt sometime and just look like, yeah, yeah, he's still in there? Well, no, I think the casket, it's probably a way to half ass awake. Right. And say, well, may, uh, maybe the person wasn't important enough to have a wake, but you kind of have to honor somewhat of the memory. So you'll have a closed so you're, casket. You're, so you're doing a two for one special. Absolutely. Would it shock you that there would be a two for one special and somebody heading not. to the afterlife? Oh, it's America 2020, man. But yeah, this, this is, is highly this is, believable. This is Indonesia. Oh, I'm sorry. And and you guys watch the video. It's the video creepy. is insane. It's really, really creepy. Barstool has it up, but man, that is nuts. All right, we'll have to figure out a way uh, to handle Friday with all of the last dance and Michael Jordan conversation going on. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Jacob Beattie. We're back tomorrow.